0: Welcome to episode 284 of Texing, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and the inimitable Jason Roberts. Hey, Jason, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, I'm doing good. I'm thinner.
1: You're thinner. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about, this is diet number 27 you're on. Um, so how's it going? Well, uh, so people are going to, lo-
0: <laughs> let me just uh, switch the stream, stream back to me. Um, so I've. It, well, I've just come back, obviously, from European uh, vacation. So this is our first show after the European uh, vacation, which was a lot of fun. I I got it in the ear from quite a few of my family members about the diabetes, about, you know, you need to really be managing this. So um, as a result, I ended up doing some Googling, a little bit about diabetes, looking on Diabetes Forum. And I discovered something that was kind of interesting called the Newcastle diet, mm-hmm. or the well, the, New, it, the Newcastle diet, which is uh, from a study in Newcastle University, where um, basically the hypothesis is this, um, and this is just really all about diabetes rather than weight loss. So I'm doing the diet in relation to diabetes rather than weight loss. Anyway, the, hypo-
1: the purpose of reducing your diabetes. My, simply- blood sugar, cause my blood sugar, because
0: my blood sugar has been hovering around the 250, and I have not been taking metformin, which I should be because it makes me feel like crap, and I need to get my blood sugar down to 90.
1: But before your trip, you were doing it. You were trying to do it, and you got it down to like the one below two hundred, one hundred and fifty range. Uh, some. I mean, sometimes, but on the trip, it
0: was up. Yeah, because you, know? you were just partying. Exactly, and I, I mean, but the long, the long and the short of it is, is I mean, I think I've told you before, like I've, you know, I've got issues like a shoulder. There's an sh- issue with my shoulder, and the issue with my feet, and I think that all of that relates to to having high blood sugar because it stiffens the the soft tissues. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think that you just need to. Bring the blood sugar down.
1: Well, every month that goes by that you have your blood sugar that high, your body's just incurring damage, you know, and uh, that's just simple fact of reality, right? Yeah, it
0: is. So, anyway, what what I really liked about this diet was that it uh, well this this study. So it's it's based on a study that they did in Newcastle University, and the study was this. Uh, the the lead of the study noticed that. Um, patients who had bariatric surgery, basically their stomach kind of folded and made much smaller. Um, They ended up, a lot of them, a very high percentage ended up fully reversing diabetes, including the beta cell production coming back, which is basically that the beta cells are the cells that are highly involved in the, the insulin sensitivity side of things. And so the theory, no one really understood why that was happening, but the theory why it was happening was because it was some kind of stomach hormone thing that was doing it well he he postulated maybe it's just because you're going on such a crazy diet you're, you're instantly going down to like 600 to 800 calories a day so he did it that well they did a trial with with 11 people and they basically put them down to 600 calories a day for uh two months and observed that a, a lot of fat went from the liver and from the pancreas and that they did fully reverse their diabetes everyone on the program fully reversed their diabetes in two months and uh they think it's because the fat fat stuck in the pancreas and in the liver basically breaks down the process of it breaks it, down in the process but breaks down in, in no it breaks down insulin sensitivity so basically oh, okay. it's what kind of causes you to have the high blood sugar oh, I of see. part of it right so Anyway, then, then he, they published that in 2012, and a lot of people around the world did that. Um, different different kind of groups, um, so different age groups. So, for example, people over 35 who weighed a certain amount of weight. And I think they had it like 150 people do that, do that from around the world. And obviously, it's not as scientific, but those people reported their um, findings, you know, after that, after two months they did it. And, and the group who were like me, who were like over 35 and maybe over 30, 30 pounds overweight, they they really had the most success. As people got younger and were less overweight, it was, qu- it was less successful. But the group like me was very successful and 80% of those basically reported the same results. So I decided, you know, I was thinking about it for a couple of weeks. Well,
1: you know, the reason I think that is, is that if you're not, very, if you're young and you're not very overweight, but you're getting diabetes. It's not. It probably has less to do with the fact of what you've been eating or not eating. It's probably something that's just inherent in your, uh, in your physiology. Whereas, you know, if you're older and you you're really overweight, well, you know, you've obviously been doing something to your body that causes to happen.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah,
1: and if you can stop doing it, or maybe un, you know, there maybe there's you know, way to undo it. So yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Okay, so I started on Monday,
0: going to, so basically the diet is this, it's 600 calories a day of something like Slimfast or Optifast, and then 200 calories a day of vegetables. So basically vegetables to act as fiber so that your system doesn't break down Mm -hmm. and like a minimum amount of calories to just kind of keep you alive. Right. And to, to force your body to go into fat burning mode, so that it literally eats the fat from the organs right. inside of the liver and the pancreas. So as you can imagine, that's not the easiest diet in the world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I've been looking for hacks and I found some really interesting hacks with it. And I've actually, believe it or not, stuck to it for seven days.
1: Yeah, I was surprised because I (laughs) talked to you on day three and uh, I was, you know, obviously concerned that you've been able to keep it up, but that's great. Well, I have to say when I I just walked up to your front desk, your gut looks smaller. Already, already, your gut looked a little smaller. I was like, "Look, like you already lost five pounds or so." At five pounds, yeah,
0: that's that's it on the nose. I've lost five pounds, yeah. Mm-hmm. But but not only that, my blood sugar went from three hundred to one six seven, like, and that's that's wow. that's fasting blood sugar. So basically, the time I'm measuring it is like when I wake up. Like, what what does it end sure. up? And it's it's supposed to be kind of like a seventy to a ninety when you when you wake up.
1: So you are. It does
0: seem like you're making some progress. Well, that's huge. I mean, I haven't been. I haven't been, my blood sugar, like it it hasn't gone down that much for, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like had such a shift and you know, I must've been at the plus 200 for a while and I wasn't really measuring when I was in Europe that much other than the few times that I did and it was really high and then it made me feel bad. Um, But what I'm noticing now is my vision's blurry and they say that like when your blood sugar goes down, your vision goes blurry because of the amount of sugar and pressure in your eyes. It kind of changes. So I think that's a good sign. And that that did happen to me before as well, the last time that I
1: did this. I mean di- correct me if I'm wrong, but having diabetes, I mean, people you have all kind of horrible side effects. That, like they lose their they lose their sight, right? Yeah. Amputate their feet and yeah. legs and stuff. I yeah. mean, it's it's oh, not serious. just a sort of it's not just sort of general. No. I don't know. You're not in great shape. It's horrible things start happening to you. Oh yeah. So the longer you have diabetes and are not managing it, the, b- the more chance there is for your body to just literally. It's kind of like death by a thousand cuts. Like you, it's very gradual. It's like the
0: power of gradualism, but then it's like your foot doesn't just fall off straight away. It just gradual. first of all, you have a little bit of neuropathy mm-hmm. and then like a year later, you have a bit more neuropathy and then a year later and it's just gradual. And then and then you kind of yeah, you've you been get, adapting
1: to it mentally yeah. so they don't really ever freak out it's just this slow progression of of uh
0: well just even the first things of like i think the feet and the shoulder like that those physical things i really and just not being able to play with jack you know i, I really do want to try and get myself back in shape
1: and so anyway for a whole week <laughs> i've seven days all right well um, hey that's worth something seven days on 600 calories a day that are 800 calories. So, so I want to attribute the success to, first of all,
0: the success of the week.
1: Okay. Okay. Week it's success.
0: not much, right? But the success of that week um, to just the thought of, I mean, it's not really about weight loss. It's, it's more like, it's like a surgical procedure. I'm doing this for two months. So there's an out, you know, that's one thing. And then the other thing is these things I found called miracle noodles, sure take noodles basically miracle
1: noodles. they they're, they're literally call
0: miracle noodles uh-huh. and they're zero calorie. Um, uh, they come from, they, they, they come from uh, I think Japan uh, and China mm-hmm. and basically like, it's like
1: eating celery or something.
0: No, no. It's like eating pasta. It's like amazing. Like you, it like, there's a specific way of cooking them. It takes a bit longer than you might expect to cook them, but you can just put like a tablespoon of pesto in there or something like that. And then it feels like a nice big meal. Of pasta but it's zero calories but you know just the sauce so you're
1: eating a hell of a lot of miracle noodles uh, a
0: couple of uh, you know like a couple of packets a day
1: <laughs> anyway well, hey you know what yeah exactly whatever you can do to lessen the the pain increase the probability that you'll stay on it all right so anyway that's uh, so you know,
0: what was it seven it? days five pounds and about um 150 points down on the blood sugar so
1: good well so you probably lost it's probably half of its like water yeah, weight yeah you, know, you probably so, yeah. lost, you know yeah. it, maybe a couple pounds of fat i mean you probably won't lose more than a couple pounds of fat a week um but that's a lot you know if you do it for uh two months you know you use 16 pounds of fat that that's that's a good start right mm-hmm. um you lost a fair chunk of weight like four or five years ago when you went on this gluten-free diet for a while well that was you lost the- like 20
0: pounds didn't you yeah that was the fir- that was like when i was diagnosed i guess i took it seriously then Right. I think also it's just about like taking it seri- you know, taking it seriously.
1: Right. But I'm just saying that you were able to lose weight by reducing your diet for a while, right? Yeah. That's the only time I've seen you actually. Well, it weight. wasn't
0: that I went off gluten. I mean, yeah, I went off gluten, but that wasn't really the reason why I lost the weight. The reason was because. You went on carbs. You lowered I carbs. basically really lowered the carbs. Every lunch I had like just a spinach salad with, I don't know, walnuts and chicken or something. And I was also went to the gym like two two or three times a week.
1: Okay. Well, good. All right. So this is a new storyline: the uh, the extreme diet, right? The miracle noodle extreme diet.
0: <laughs> miracle noodle extreme diet. Yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, can you speak a bit louder, just so that sure. the stream can hear it, and also it's going to be a better
1: signal yeah. source for the yeah. audio. Thanks. So, so what else we got going on? What wait, is wait! New? You're
0: supposed to you're supposed to do the first half of this show. Okay.
1: All right. Well. um, I guess I'll just start with my new madness. Oh, the madness. So I, I definitely have the madness in full effect now. Um, so I, I guess I've been talking about the, the math program, yeah. math Academy, that whole thing is how that's been, um, looking, uh, more and more probable that's going to happen. Well, I had a meeting, I suppose last week with, um, the, uh, coordinator or director of innovation programs who's been sort of she's the one i've met with a couple times already a few times already and we had a meeting with um a lady who's the director of curriculum for the district yeah and it's funny i was a l- initially a little uh apprehensive ta- to talk with her because i was thinking you know she's probably going to be this very bureaucratic stickler for you know sticking to you know whatever prescribed minutia there is in the curriculum right yeah and you know it turns out she turned out so i, I gave her the full pitch so we're sitting there and i gave her the full pitch and she's like i love it i'm totally on board um <laughs> so she's like so what we need to do though is we just need to figure out what boxes we need to check so that nobody can come back later in and complain or cause a problem or say you know what i mean we need a good defense as well. Yeah. So whenever you're doing something really new, really different, you know, disruptive, <laughs> you, you, you got, you can't just play offense. You have to have, you have to have a defensive strategy as well. Right. And even if, and, and, and what the defensive strategy, offense strategy means is it, it varies from context to context. We're doing a startup or doing something like this, but it was, it was really interesting because um, she told me two different stories. She said that, you know, cause she had, at one point been a math teacher and she said you know one summer they set up a program where it was like for sixth graders so they got a bunch of sixth graders who are advanced learners and um what are you doing what Uh, are you you paying attention or why i am i (laughs) I am paying attention do i have to look at you do i I, it's kind of awkward talking to your ear you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> but like when we talk on the phone i mean i hear i
1: i can't really have a conversation with you if you're just like backgrounding me
0: i'm i'm just like setting up the next th- the anyway go on
1: let's just talk let's just go have on. a conversation All right, go on then quit, quit backgrounding so um so anyway i were with so she so they had they and some other math uh teachers had set up a um a summer math program for um these this group of sixth graders and they were going to take geometry over the summer yeah and they it was like a six-week sort of intensive um, class, but then afterwards, the district uh, disallowed it. They basically gave no credit for it, and said you you uh, they they can't they can't go into straight into algebra two and all of that. They're going to go into algebra one. So they it just totally screwed up. It was a total waste of time, and it just took it away from the kids. And she said another time this is... You know, maybe a few years later, they did this collaborative uh, program with uh, Poly, which is a the private school down the street, and they were going to teach uh, calculus to ninth graders, which a bunch of ex- very advanced math learners in b- both the public and private school. Hmm. So they came up with this program and this whole plan, and they were teaching together, and they got all the kids together, and I think it was held at Poly. So they, they the, at the public school they were being transported to the private school at you know some part of the day to do this. And partway through the year, the district just disallowed it, pulled funding, went even for for the transportation and and wiped it all from their transcript. And so she's like, you know, it's like, so based on those experiences, you know, we need to, these things can happen. So what you want to do is you want to make sure you 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 got a good defensive strategy, you got everything in place. So that doesn't happen later. But she's like, you know. We're beyond that now, I think, because it's a whole new administration. The people who basically cause those things to happen are no longer in the district. So it shouldn't be an issue.
0: But I thought that also you had an in with, like, the head of the district.
1: That's true. So the the um, superintendent of the district um, is really excited about this. In fact, Sandy just told me she had been talking to, you know, she knows a lot of people in the district. And she's like, well, um, one of the ladies there who's um works with the superintendent he's he's basically said that he he can't stop talking about it he keeps talking about it in public (laughs) and events and stuff so he's really excited about it okay so that's huge right when you have the superintendent that enthusiastic about something does he do math he was a math teacher
0: oh at one point well that's pretty fluky that you've got both of them are ex-math teachers Teachers, right yeah that's 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 a stroke of luck, right? There's there. a certain
1: amount of luck, you know, and I think in life, when things work, there's always things just kind of. There was a certain amount of luck that happened that things just. Yeah, they fell probably into place. wouldn't care if they were an English teacher. Yeah, they may not care, or I don't know. There's a lot of things that could go wrong, and I think when things are at a very nascent form, and you're trying to get something off the ground, I, I think if you look at a lot of things that have been successful, whether they're startups or whatever, yeah. um. You, you'll probably find that things just sort of fell into place as well. It wasn't just hard work and a good idea. This They got a little lucky. Yeah. Oh, Circumstances totally. just worked Circumstances out. Circumstances are right. Yeah, it just worked out. And I was thinking about this, you know, because I had been keeping this whole program very much under the radar. And I got a little lucky, I think, that we didn't even have a principal at our school. So there wasn't as much sort of top-down supervision. So I was able to kind of you know push this thing through in the school and we didn't talk to the district about it kept the whole thing under the radar. Yeah, yeah. But then when I stuck Still my slowed. yeah, but then when I stuck my head up and 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 made it public we got really lucky we got this new superintendent in who's a super fan. Who yeah. really wants to do it. That's and then crazy. and then um you know cuz my feeling is that bureaucracies are going to do everything they can to just shut stuff down. It may not be consciously but it's just the nature of bureaucracies. Yeah. They're sort of self-preserving, preserve the status quo. There's a lot of reasons why people don't want things to happen despite what their sort of stated purpose is. They're ultimately just going to keep things going the way they're going. And and ultimately, there's a lot of excuses for why things shouldn't change. Yeah, You know, and people will probably fight and disagree about the fact that, of course, we want things to change, but blah, blah, blah. Um, so I was always nervous that we were going to get shut down or whatever. Um... But as it's happened, we got lucky. Superintendent's huge supporter, um, Hootie, who's the director of innovation programs. She's great. She's really supportive and she's smart and she's problem solved. She's like, she's like, All right. Let's figure out how we're gonna make this thing happen, right? Now you, you said you said you were gonna, she
0: was gonna hear a lot from you. Did that end up being true?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we had a meeting last week. We're having a meeting this week, and she's sort of you know kind of facilitating everything. And then, um, because it's all underneath her, right? She's the one who's making all this sort of happen. Um, And then there's uh, Helen, who is the director of curriculum, and she's enthusiastic, knowledgeable, problem solver. It's, you know, it's like you couldn't ask for better people. Yeah. Right? So, like, I'm worried I'm going to get all these, like, disinterested <laughs> or you know, just curmudgeonly bureaucrats who aren't going to do anything. Instead, I got all everybody I keep running into is enthusiastic and 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 dedicated and smart and creative and like, all right, let's do this thing. I'm sort of shocked, you know. <laughs> I'm like, this is this really gonna happen? Like, you know, is this this is really gonna? So we were um we had a meeting on uh, I think it was like Monday or Tuesday of last week, and it was the three of us, and we were on um. As speakerphone uh, uh, with the uh, director of the of Caltech's K through um, twelve, and we're to- we're talking to him about recruiting Caltech students to serve as sort of instructors. Yeah, we're going to get two instructors per class. Did we discuss that on the last show? Yeah, yeah. So what was interesting is we're talking about how many we need. We like we're like, well, we could end up having like tw- you know twenty classes you Know 10 classes of fourth graders, 10 classes of fifth graders, too. So we can have like 40 students, and he's like, Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really have 950 undergrads.
0: <laughs> so he was, you want like 1% or something, yeah?
1: He <laughs> was just like, I know, <laughs> so it was sort of funny put him on this spot, and um, but uh, I bet, I bet they could do that. That's what half, half a percent, well. Oh, wait. 10% would be 90. It'd be like 5%. Oh, yeah, 5%, yeah. You know, uh, or less than that. So that's a lot of kids. You know, I don't think it's that we're going to get them all from Caltech. Yeah. You okay. know, but I don't think we have to. I mean, I think Caltech is an obvious place to go search for people. And it's nice for the story to say we got some Caltech students. But, you know, I mean, we're, you're talking about teaching pre-algebra and algebra. I mean, that doesn't take rocket a rocket scientist to right. teach those subjects. Um, it just takes somebody, ideally somebody who's good at math and maybe's taken take a course or two in college and, and and enjoys it and is a good communicator and that kind of thing.
0: Now, is that the madness? No, I've got to the madness yet. You haven't got to the madness so yet. So I'm getting to it. So,
1: <laughs> well, a couple. So let me just finish up on this. All right, oh, all right. So, so that happened earlier in the week, and um, so I'm thinking, you know, we got something, and we're going to have to recruit some. Some, some instructors, right? And I'm starting to think like we got to go beyond Caltech. And it was funny. I went over to GNC of all places, and uh, just to, to get a bunch of my energy bars. And as I walked in, the the two there were two girls behind the you know the cashier, and they're like um, they're like, oh, there was no. We just restarted the POS system because nobody was coming in, and we thought it'd be a good time. But you just walked in, so unfortunately you have to wait a few minutes. I like, yeah, no problem. Mm-hmm. So, but she's like. We started talking a little bit about working out and this stuff. She's like, wait, you're the guys with the vertical jump stuff, right? You had the the vertical jump training. Oh, because they had <laughs> the,
0: because everyone in the GNC shop knows you're doing
1: that. That's right. Because right. he <laughs> was there where there was another guy I was talking to and the whole conversation. And then later I came in like six months later and we we're I showed him videos and we were talking about it. And she's like, oh, yeah, I was like, oh. So we were talking about all that. And, uh, so the conversation just started to progress and I said, you know, I said, well, I'm just trying to, said, it's really frustrating that I can't train right now because of the injury. I said, but I'm trying to, um, trying to stay focused on other things. I was like, right now I get this math program that I'm working on. I started describing a little bit. She said, oh, that sounds great. That's amazing. She's like, you know, I'm a math major myself. (laughs) And she's like, that sounds amazing. And I'm like, really? I go, well, you know, we're all ultimately, we need to recruit we're looking to recruit primarily undergraduates um, who in math or sciences who would be interested in doing this. She, do you think you'd be interested in something? She's like, oh, I would love that. She's like, you know, I used to tutor math students and, uh, you know, I came out of the Pasadena school system. And she's like, my math education was kind of a joke. And so I've just, and I, you know, it's, it was a real difficult road for her in college hmm. to get to, to, to sort of. Now remind it. me, are you paying them? You would be yes. paying them. They'd yes. be part of the budget. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It wouldn't be a lot, but it'd be kind of what you'd typically expect to pay yeah, college age students, you know, I mean, it's more than minimum wage, but it's not like it's a full salary. It'd yeah. be something. Yeah. Um, but uh, so she's really excited about doing it. She's like, you know, I know a few people, I think at, at and she goes to Azusa Pacific university, mm-hmm. which is nearby. And she's like, I know a few kids I who, students who would probably be interested in doing it. And she's like, I could introduce you to the, uh, the, the, it's like the coordinator for the math department. And she has a huge the email list for all the physics and math, undergrads and she could probably help reach out to them and I'm like, yeah perfect yeah and so i'm like all right and she and she's she's ideal like re, she's got a good personality she's really interested she had come from the school system itself and understood the importance of of like having a really high quality um math education and, and much less much less how important it would be if if it was accelerated you know because she, she she had to play catch up when she got to college yeah and then a couple days later, I'm at the gym <laughs> and
0: Jason gets around.
1: I'm, uh, and I'm, I'm chatting with the, uh, one of the girls who works behind the, at the kids clubs, I'm checking him. I take my daughters with me to the gym usually mm-hmm. and I check them in and I don't know. We, I talk, I, you know, I tend to talk with them sometimes or, you know, just, and she had just finished up at UC Irvine and we were just kind of talking and, and I was telling a bit about the math stuff and, uh, she's like, that's so awesome. And this other girl who's worked there for a number of years came in and, um, she, so she tells the, 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 girl walked in, she's like, Oh, you should, you should hear what he's doing with the math. Da, da, da. And she's like, she's like, Oh, that sounds amazing. She's like, you know, when I was in middle school, we had this great math teacher that f- stuck w- stayed with us from fourth, eighth grade. And like two of the kids came out and became physicists and one became a mathematician. Oh, and she was, wow. It was amazing. And she's actually spending next year. She's going to medical school next year. She went to USC and yeah. she's like, you know, I used to tutor math. She's like, you know, if you need him, I would love to do that. I'm like, really? And She's like, I'm like, oh, great. She, and I was crazy. And so I was the same kind of conversation. I said, would, would you know of anyone else? She's like, you know, I might know of a two or three people who I think would be really good for this. Wow. Them. So that's I'm great. like, this is not going to be a problem. I mean, I'm just talking to people randomly. The stars are aligning on this. Well, you know, it's a kind of, it's also, you, you ask me like, how does I run into people and how do I get things going? It's like this Lux surface area thing. Yeah. It's because I talk to people. Yeah, I well, I'm out in the world doing lots of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's with the kids or whatever. And I just talk to people wherever I go. Yeah. And I tend to if it gets if it becomes a conversation, I don't just talk about the weather. You know, I'll joke about things. But then sometimes I'll talk about things that I'm excited talk about, about stuff you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, not that I just tell them about myself, but I'll just make references to inter, into something else. And then they'll, they'll grab on like, oh, wait, what is that you said? You know? And, yeah. and it it's a just, it's just sort of um, serendipitous these serendipitous events, you know, like how, you know, you're like, well, how is it Jason always knows these people, or these runs into people with this? It's because I talk to people. Because you talk to people. I talk to lots of people and I ask them about themselves so that I find out and I start throwing things out, like things out and see if they grab onto stuff, you know, like, because you, you'll, you'll find that you usually have a lot in common with people. Yeah. Even people you would seem you'd seemingly have nothing. I'm like, what do I have in common with a, with a 22 year old, um, Iraqi girl working behind GNC turns out a lot Turns out we both love math we both went through the same process talking about how hard it was to learn proofs and all that stuff like now we have a connection you know and so she just loves this idea what I you know it's like and that's that's one of the most important things in life is that we have connections with so many people we we focus so much on our superficial differences you know but you know how old you are whether you're male or female what race you are what you know sort of social class you're from all that kind of crap it's like if you both like soccer or you both like this or you both like watching, you know, Walking Dead or you both like what it it is on that now you're buddies. Mm-hmm. Right? Now you're both like, "Oh yeah, totally, you know, you're, you really have a connection." Yeah, that's good. And the way you find those connections is by talking to people and asking them a little about themselves and then periodically just kind of throwing things out there on your own. And a lot of times I don't do it consciously. I just talk about things that I'm interested in or excited about. And because I'd like to, cause it's fun. It's fun. And then, you know, sometimes you'll throw some stuff out there and, and you get nothing. There's no, there's nothing. But then you're like the fourth, fifth thing. They're like, Oh yeah, I did that. Or I love that. Or, you know, and so, yeah, that's great. I am now my, that's my, great. and so I thought it was a good lesson. Just in, uh, in the sort of good demonstration of the sort of the luck surface area mm-hmm. of doing stuff. I'm doing stuff and I'm talking to people, mm-hmm. and it's starting to, you know, and I can tell. People get automatically are enthusiastic about this every time I talk to people who have have had any background or interest in math or science. You start talking to them immediately, like that is awesome. I love that. I would love to. I mean, there's I something had,
0: about teaching kids as well, right from the beginning. Like always teaching kids just evokes a bit of passion in people. It
1: does. But you know, I think that doing something that's truly, um, purple cow, purple cow, but radical in nature, right? It's different than like, Oh, I go down and I, and I tutor kids on, uh, at the YMCA. I mean, that's nice. People go, Oh, that's great. That's really nice. It's not exciting because it's like, Oh yeah, I guess people do that. That's, that's a good thing to do. Oh, I just, do. but you're doing something like we're going to do this thing. That's just going to sound crazy. Like, you know, it kind of reminds me, um, have you seen the the the, the movie, uh, was it uh, Edge of Tomorrow, the Tom Cruise movie? Uh, no, I don't think so. So where it's kind of Groundhog Day in a sci-fi thing where he keeps reliving the same day over and, go, over, and over again? It's, and they're fighting aliens and all this crazy stuff. Yeah, no, I haven't seen you, it. You, it's pretty good. I mean, it's not amazing, but it's a good movie. I, I recommend it. Oh,
0: oh, wait, is that the one where they're like in the sky and he jumps yeah, out jumps and out. flies? Yeah, I think I have seen it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, he says one thing. So once he starts realizing that. This, this is actually happening that he's reliving this world in this in this this sort of repeat um, reliving the same day he he goes up to him and he says I'm going to say something to you and it's going to sound crazy but the more I talk the more you're going to realize that I'm telling the truth and you know it was like, it was like, and I'm like that's kind of how I feel like when I start talking about this I'm going to say something <laughs> and you're going to first not believe me but the more I <laughs> talk about it the more I ex- explain it the more you're going to realize that that's the truth. You
0: should say that to
1: people. Yeah, and I'm actually actually going to think I'm going to come up with a version of that because (laughs) it really preps people because people actually... Well, here's the thing. It's like when you start talking about something that's sort of out of the box like that, as much as people like to think that they believe things out of the box or they they listen to some ted talk and like we have to think out of the box or we have to do stuff and people are like yeah i don't know why people more people do it and then you say it to people in real life and they're like what you can't do that that's you know <laughs> but if you tell them you're gonna think i'm crazy but you're gonna realize that i'm correct when you let me explain this to you you're, you kind of they're gonna like what you kind of like set them up <laughs> you know i i actually i gotta go find that exact line i just search on google for that but um that's what I kind of feel like when I talk about it and when, and, and people, and then they start going, yeah, that, that does sound, that sounds awesome. That sounds easy. Cause they, people like to be a part of stuff that's oh, crazy.
0: Yeah, t- Talking about that, just like as an extension of that, uh, we were, we were having a private conversation, um, and you were talking about, well, I had asked you the question, if all of these, if this really spreads across America, and I know that's like yeah, you're having, it's, you're it's, having your
1: billion dollar conversation. I'm having, yeah, I'm having
0: my billion dollar conversation. But if it does spread across America, that would be kind of cool because it could create, you know, new people who are really great at stuff. <laughs>
1: oh, right, <laughs> yeah. right, 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 right. So you're asking me, I think you asked yeah. me, we were, were driving back from lecture, and you're like, well, what, like, why is this important? Or what's the goal of this? Or right, what are you trying right. to do? Yeah. And I'm not trying to take kids who are functioning a little below level and we just have more people who are prepared for the workforce whatever i find that just kind of boring mm-hmm. i find it just, that just that 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 level of aspiration is just not inspiring mm-hmm. you know but what is inspiring is this i and I, I think i've talked about this but i'll say it again is i think if you look at like what's driving the world forward it's drive the world is being driven forward by by people like Elon Musk or, people like, or scientists like Richard Feynman, people like that, the people yeah. who really change things. Um, and, the, and if you really want to drive the world forward, you need more people like that.
0: And so, so let's just clarify, like it's a cross between entre, uh, entrepreneurial and kind of scientific and mathematical so that they can do these amazing things along with entrepreneurialism.
1: Yeah. So like if you look at Elon Musk, like, the reason that Elon Musk w- was able to do this, one of the reasons is because he had the scientific foundation, the mathematical foundation, to think uh, sort of specifically and rigorously about the costs and what it would take to, to design their own rockets, to build their own rockets. Mm-hmm. Right? He could actually stand do calculations. He could do a little work, research, but he had the mathematical sophistication that he could take on, uh, open up some books on rocket engines and read them. Hmm. You're, you're a good entrepreneur. You could not do that. Well, you do no. not have it. I don't even have the, I have the math background, but not the physics background. Right. Right. Um, You know, people like Stephen Wolfram, you know, it's like he's this great physicist, but then he started a company. But the reason he could create Mathematica and and Wolfram Alpha is because he had the mathematical sophistication to think about it. Mm -hmm. But most people just wouldn't. They just can't. They're going to create another chat app. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they just can't think about stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, you know, Chad, you know, we talked to Twitter and chat apps and all these kinds of things. I mean, they move the world forward in their own little way, for mm-hmm. sure. But the things that really change our life are people who are kind of doing this combination of, uh, they're, they're, they're either pushing fundamental science forward or they're taking fundamental science and they're like figuring out how to... Dean Kamen as well. Well, he's uh, more of an, a, a a mechanical inventor. But, you know, but they but they take science... And they figured a way to engineer it or put it in the real world and really apply it in, in some ways, you yeah. know? I mean, you, you need both types of people and there's a whole spectrum. But so my thought is, you know, being great at math and science is, is a necessary but not sufficient condition to be like an Elon Musk or a Richard Feynman depict, or, Steve, or Steve Wolfram, right? Yeah. But you're not going to be those people if you don't have that, that, if, that, if you don't have the mathematical foundation. And that yeah. mathematical foundation has to be built before you get to college. Because if you show up at college and you're not prepared, you're gonna get you the floor. You're gonna get the floors. We're gonna get wiped with you, right? You know, you're just not gonna. You know, I was just talking to my uh, a buddy who um, he's the CEO of a company called Pivot, which I I'm a consulting CTO for. That um, I've been advising them for a few years, and uh, and uh, we were talking about this. He has a master's degree in physics from Harvard. He has an undergrad and master's degree in physics from Harvard, and then he went and got his MBA from uh, Wharton, I think. So he's very very bright guy, and I was like, so me, I said, and so I told him a little bit about this what I've been working on. And I said, hey, so let me show you a question. When you showed up to Harvard, I mean, what was your preparation in math? He's like, he's like, well, I'd done as much as I could at my school. I got a five on the BC calculus, and he's like, but when I got to Harvard, I mean, it was everything he could do to keep his head up to bear to keep up. I mean, most people just with his level of preparation just bailed. But he, he he was able to do it. He's like, but you know, some of these guys from like Russia and stuff, I mean, they had been doing this for years. Mm. They had they had, had years of multivariable calculus and differential equations and different types of abstract math. And so, you know, when they're taking these advanced physics math courses, they're like, they'd already thought about it. They've seen these problems. These, these concepts were not unfamiliar. They were like, it was just review for them to a certain degree, where he's just like... This is all new, and it's hard to compete with people like that who are just as smarter, smarter than you, and have had have already solved these problems for for a year or two. So, by churning out
0: a lot of kids who have very advanced maths, it's like we're creating a luck surface area that there's going to be new Elon Musk's popping into the world.
1: Yeah. So, so you figure you figure that like think of it like the funnel, like in on a your, your website. You're like, well. There's first is how many you, you fear like how much revenue can make, it's like how many customers can you sign up? Well, the start of the funnel is how many people can you get to your website and how many people can go through the the sign the tour and the sign up and the trial and you know, each step, you lose people. But you want to you want to create that funnel and then you can optimize the funnel different if different steps along the way, but you want to bring as many people into that funnel as possible. Yeah. And so I think what what I'm trying to do is is at the very top of that funnel, rather than there's you know, a couple thousand kids coming into good college math and physics programs who are really prepared is maybe we have 10,000, 20,000. Yeah. Maybe, we're, maybe we can increase it by two orders of magnitude. Oh. And so, and so, and that'll increase the probability that it's people who are coming into these colleges and in, into in university with who are doing really advanced math and physics also have the characteristics that take them to be a Feynman or a Stephen Wolf or an Elon Musk. They also have the entrepreneurial spirit that sort of tenacity that sort of the social skills that it takes to pull other people into your orbit to do things to raise Well, people. out
0: of 20 i mean if, we were, if we're turning out twenty thousand of them through the math academy
1: math academy yeah yeah,
0: through the math academy that's going to definitely increase the lock surface area
1: so you know i i that's sort of like a grand vision that's like the whole if if, if this is like 10 15 years down the road let's say if this worked we're, yeah. we're kind of going like let's just you know right now we're just trying to get into a into half a dozen to a dozen schools in Pasadena you know um but that's why you know you want to get if you want to change the world what if there wasn't just one Elon Musk around? what if there were 30 of these uh, 30 Elon Musk equivalents running around who are brilliant mm. and you know some of them got were less Incredible. less lucky and some were as lucky as he's been at certain stages but also just as smart and had the other characteristics that he has but they were also yeah you know I mean I don't know it may, may, I love may, it so that's that's the idea so, here's the madness part.
0: <laughs> oh, the madness. Oh, finally we get to the madness. Let me just uh, show the stream my face just so that they know, hey, there is someone else here talking <laughs> to that guy. Um, that's me, Justin. Oh, Anyway, I'll just put the camera back on you now. Okay. Okay, uh, madness. The so, madness.
1: All right, so one of the things I've been trying to do this summer is figure out how do I get stuff sort of pre-cached, pre-calculated for the school year because when the school year goes, and I am teaching five classes a day, uh, five classes a week for this for this math class. Yeah. So I get to prep their problem sets and lessons and all this stuff, and then somehow I have to sort of oversee, I keep an eye on these other pre-algebra classes that are going on. Yeah. 24th, a lot of a lot of work. So I'm one of the things I was starting to do is I was like, well, I'll just make a bunch of problems and create some problem sets. So I'll have those already done, and I won't be just like every day after creating do problem sets, like well. Maybe I have to create one or two a week because I have a, so many already created that I just kind of fill it in, and and then I start thinking, you know, one thing I have to do is I have to keep track of like which kids are how the, how each how each class is doing, you know, how far along they are, and like how I'm going to have if the, have the instructors log in, have a killer website, maybe they can keep track. Like this is where everybody is, and then I can, you know, I, honestly, I can't remember exactly what combination of ideas happened, but I started thinking. You know what? What if I took the stuff that I built for SnapLearn that I talked a little bit about? SnapLearn. When it was a project, it was a little sort of madness side project I was working on a couple years ago, year and a half ago, two years ago. And the idea was building a system where you'd it it would have questions or problems be divided into topics. Okay, so like calculating a definite integral, factoring a polynomial, whatever it is, right? And it has like a topic and then it has a bunch of questions for it. like multiple choice questions yeah. or it could be fill in the blank or true false, whatever. And the idea at that point was that it would be kind of wiki style. Like anybody could come in and create a topic and add some questions and then you could come on and answer questions to be kind of add, it would add to your profile. And then you get an email every so often that would say, Hey Jason, you did questions on differential equations and on solving electronic circuits and whatever. And using the space learning algorithm would say, answer these questions today. To reinforce your learning, if you don't forget, right. right? The problem with it, it was like, how am I going to get critical mass in getting people to create all the content and everything like that? Yeah, is that the whole? I mean, that stuff is sometimes hard to get going. Then I said, you know, why don't I take that software, the question and answer part, because you spent a lot of time building I it. I did. I built a lot of the stuff. It was like one of
0: it. the one of the typical Jason projects where he puts a lot of effort into it, but it this didn't doesn't see the the light Monday. of day yeah
1: so then i thought you know why don't i take you know the central 70 80 percent of this what i'll do is i'll make it so that i can create all these topics create the questions and so that each course so let's have the pre-algebra course and i create there's 10 classes of it at different schools and here are the instructors and the instructors can log in and there'll be an assignment automatically created for that class for that course, yeah, and it will be it'll can and I and when you go on and create assignment, you say, I want it to consist of so these two topics, for the new or the new material for the day, and so half the questions will be split between those two topics, and the other half of the questions will be randomly selected from based on this using space learning algorithm of of topics they've covered, up to the through the year or, or or had been previously added. Yeah, right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that way, I don't have to create problem sets they don't have great problems and I can use it for my class and the whole thing is done through the computer. So then they can do a little bit of, it, it, there's two ways to do this. One, we, you, they can just work on do bo- problems on the board and do some in-class stuff and then the, they, when they do their homework, they go and they log in the computer and they do their problems at home on the computer. Everything is tracked. You know, every question they answered incorrectly or correctly, if they got something wrong, the system automatically asks them an easier version of the same question based on explanation and then try and ask the similar version, you know, kind of like, walk you through it a little adaptive bit adaptive learning adaptive learning right yep. and so all that sense that way you can track and then the instructor can log in and go all right here are the 20 kids in my class or whatever here are the kids this is who who how who they've done each problem which ones they struggled with it'll show what they're strong and weak on and then they can keep an eye on that and then they can print out something the next day it says all right here's what you want to go over in class with these kids yeah and i can keep an eye on i can say how each kid in each class and every, you know, everything is going on the system is automatically adapting, and it's going to save you work. Yeah, I mean because a lot of work. Well, yeah, because otherwise you're creating all these problem sets for every single class. Well, you're telling me that you were spending
0: like, you know, two hours a day or something doing this.
1: I could end up. Sometimes I tried not to, but I could end up spending upwards of two hours a day or two hours per class Okay.
0: Oh, oh gosh, yeah.
1: And if I'm going to teach five days a week, that's a lot mm-hmm. of effort, you know. And Sandy was already giving me the big frown face every time she'd walk in, and I'd be spending yet. Another two hours before the class, creating a (laughs) custom problem set. And she's like, Why are you spending so much time doing this? You know? Yeah. Um, But because I was trying to manually use the, you know, the space, you know, the spaced learning approach, use the mixed review approach, all these sort of tactics that have have been proven in sort of cognitive learning theory to work, but which nobody ever uses because it's too hard to do when you're just doing a book. And it just takes too much time. But if I can get a computer program to do this and everyone's using it, then the whole thing will be kind of automated. The only, the trick is, of course, I need to get the program up and completely working and I need to write a lot of questions. But if I'm going to write the questions anyway and problem sets, I might as well put them in the computer system. Right. Right? And you can yeah. always print them out Agreed. in worksheets or anything like that. Agreed. And and they're auto-marked. Yeah. Auto-marked. There's no grade. There's no collecting homework. There's no yeah. grading. And if a kid doesn't do kid- homework finish an assignment, they can't start on the next assignment until the assignment's done. Well,
0: Yeah. And, and also there's like a leaderboard. So you get back to that intrinsic motivation. Exactly. Yeah.
1: The whole thing. Yeah. So I got the, I got the super madness about it. I can't, I, I can't even sleep. Have you been working on it? Oh, you can't sleep. Yeah. I got the, I got the madness. <laughs> the madness hardcore. Awesome. Now I'm seeing like, okay, <laughs> this whole thing about the math program spreading it around. Now I see how I can build leverage into it Yeah. and make the thing really scale. So if like, if, if, if we want to go to more classes or more grades and you know, you, you don't need as either. The system handles so much of the heavy lifting. Yeah. The coordination, the bookkeeping, the instruction, all that stuff is done. Really. The instructors are more like tutors. It's going to help kids, which is, takes much less expertise and much less effort than it does to have a teacher think about what the lesson is and plan it out and deliver it. And all it's like, that's doesn't have the system handles it all. Yeah. And, and then if you like, if, if, if it is successful and you have another nearby school district say, Hey, you know, we've heard about what you guys are doing, We're really excited to find out more. Maybe we could do it. Be like, yeah, in fact, you can use the program. This, this, the, this handles everything. You know, and then so what each topic will have is it'll have not only problems, but instead of I, I'm not going to write the content first. I'm going to say here are a link to one or two videos, which just like five minute videos that explain the whole thing. Or you can read here's a text that explains it in a couple of their websites. Cause there's any math topic out there, there's going to be multiple explanations in the web that are good. Yeah. And so that's right there. They can go and go, Oh, I want to watch this five minute video on how to solve linear systems equations. And they rewatch it and go, oh, Okay. And, but then it could also build in like the flipped classroom thing if we want, where it's like they watched that the night before. And then it has a series of like fill in the blank conceptual questions. And then we go to problems in the class.
0: Yeah. Nice.
1: So all that That's very of-
0: exciting. And so, wait. So the, the question I'm going to ask that I think is on everyone's lips what's your sort of ETA on? having that thing
1: well so lo- now if i was just starting from scratch it would be a sprint but it's not as hard because I ha- i've spent months working out already all the like registration stuff i That's, mean all
0: that boring stuff that takes at least two or three weeks at the beginning
1: i got a lot of that done i mean i need to there's certain relationships between like an instructor like there's a course and there's a class you know belongs to a course and then there's Tell me about it. I know about it. You know, all instructors and there's many, (laughs) many, many relationships all over the place.
0: I mean, with Digidoo or Modern Teacher, we know all about that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I got to get a little bit of that sort of, but a lot of that stuff is, I could even, if I needed to, I could even do that manually in the database. It didn't have to be pretty because setting Mm. up classes Mm. and instructors and stuff, Mm. the instructor, all they need to do is go in and be able to create an assignment and look at their kids and seeing how the kids did under assignments they just mm-hmm. need to be able to look at a few things and change a few things that's it the students they need to log in and all it shows is assignment 23 due tomorrow start you know <laughs> and then answer the questions that then they like and then maybe it does stuff like here's how all your your classmates are doing this is you're the fifth you're the first person to complete this sign yeah. or you've done you know some some kind of fun gamification things just to kind of see how they're doing but you know that that stuff is mostly working, working well. I'm just kind of fine tuning pieces of it. So, right. And I'm already entering questions. So, Are you happy with the look and feel of it? I haven't really worked that much. The okay. Way. I mean, look and feel is kind of raw at this point. I mean, it's okay. It's okay, but just a just
0: basic web page.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, but see. Are you doing JavaScript
0: stuff or is it all backend?
1: Uh, a little bit of JavaScript stuff, but it's it's more. I mean, it's the, the heavy use page, like the um, question and answer stuff will be. It's not going to refresh the page every time it answers. Answer right, a question. right. But, you know. Are you going to use any funky technologies like uh, Node? Uh, you know, I'm just going to do vanilla PHP and stuff. Because that's yeah. why I built it in first. Because it does need simple. to be. Yeah, it doesn't need there's, to be. There's yeah. nothing required. Use the right tool for the job. Yeah, and it's not even just right tool. I mean, you could, there's a lot of tools that could be the right tools. the tools that I know that'll solve it. Just basic what tool. I need.
0: Yeah, the quickest,
1: it doesn't, what quickest would I way to get I mean, it there.
0: And I'd, you've built a whole bunch of it.
1: I mean, I could build it, Node, But I already have a lot of built in PHP and there's no gain. Yeah, okay. You know, it's not a real-time system. Yeah. Right. So um, I got about six weeks, I think, until school starts, something like that. Yeah. And that's, and then my class starts. oh, uh, and then but the actual pre-algebra. That's the class that you teach. That I teach, Colby. But then the the but but then, uh, the the pre-algebra classes won't even start till six weeks after that. So I can kind of beta test it for six weeks. So we'll get like thirty classes in, <laughs> give or take. Right. Uh, with my crew of kids and then we can do the, uh, everyone else. And That's I'm also awesome. thinking about, this is one thing I'm thinking about is, is I want to, for my class, at least I want to get, make sure I want to get Chromebooks for all of them and just do the problems in class on there, you know, through the system. Huh? How are you going to get Chromebooks? Or I have one. I mean, I might just buy them myself if I have to. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not like, expensive. 220 bucks a piece. And I don't know, we're going to have somewhere between six and eight kids. Yeah. So I may just have to lay out 1500, 2000 bucks. Okay. Um, the other classes, obviously, I'm not going to buy it for. I don't have the money to buy it for all the other classes. So maybe for them, they'll just do problems on the board and then, uh, you know, in class, and then at home they do their problem their, their stuff on the computer. Yeah. Do something like that. Okay. But I think if we showed a lot of success with this, we could probably get a grant and try and raise some money. Maybe do a Kickstarter. Who knows? And try and buy a lot of Chromebooks for. That's
0: the kind of thing that we're going nuts on Kickstarter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think something like that could work. So. So that's the deal. So that's the madness. That's madness. That's the madness. Wow. So Math Academy, Math Academy Madness. Math Academy. So is is the software going to be called Math Academy as well? I don't know. You know, I mean, uh, I haven't really decided. I I
0: think yes, because I think the whole brand, like the whole branding, you know, it all, it it all pulls in, it works nicely. And also what's the other one called Flip Learn? What did you, what's the software you called it in the first place? Uh, Snap Learn. Snap Learn. Yeah. Math Academy just seems... Oh, I see. But if you do math, if you call it math academy, then it's stuck with math.
1: Okay. I mean, you know, um, I mean, you could branch. I mean, math academy is the central piece. So even if you do physics or some other things, but you know, math is huge. Yeah. You just focus on math. Oh, it is. You no, know, I mean. Universe is built out of math. Well, I, well, universe <laughs> is, yeah, described by math. Um, but, uh, so uh, enough of, enough about me. Let's hear, uh, your latest your madness update uh what about light yeah my madness
0: update well um so in the last show i said that light was on the app store and it was available for people to download and preview and 15 people did uh did sign up and download and create accounts and it was it's it's you know that's that's a really great thing about texting like having this audience Mm -hmm. um people being able to be to test like that so straight away there was issues like out of the 15 two of them typed in the wrong phone number mm-hmm. you know so i lock it down like on the registration screen i lock it down they type in their first name and last name and their phone number and then they click submit and then i lock it down and say right we've just sent you an sms please type in the code you know but of course, they typed in the wrong number, so they couldn't get the code. So I had to instantly change that screen and put and make it so that you could edit their phone phone number on that. Mm-hmm. Actually, thanks to Jeff Welpley for that one.
1: Nice.
0: Um so there was a lot of feedback. Um and this is this is what I was looking at before. Um is the stream on you or me? The stream right now is on me. Okay, good. Yeah. So Scott Scott sent me a really long email. Got um, Scott who? Scott Underwood. Oh. Yeah. And we also got some stuff on the uh, on the comments, just people talking about light and looking at it. One, of, I can't, I, I don't know who it was right now. I think it was. Let's just see. I think it might have been Scott who was saying one. Of, you know, one of the problems that he saw with it. Also, one of the listeners said this is that it's going to be kind of hard to build up the um, the the force of uh, delivery people. Right. Um, well, I, my response to that is, you know what, that's that's something that we've learned that's kind of good. Like, not only have we learned that it's good to create something that's simple, that people understand, it's good to create something that you can build in a few months um, and validate, but it's also good to build something that's hard. You know, that's kind of, not, not super easy so that it, not everyone's going to want to do it. Yeah. So anyway, ask me some questions because...
1: So well, let's talk about your delivery system that you've you're putting in place. <laughs> well, obviously I mean which, which aspect
0: of the delivery system you mean? You
1: bought a bike. <laughs> and you you've you've, you've, well, strapped let's on, a- <laughs> you've strapped on a uh, a crate on the back. A of A wooden bike.
0: crate. Well, let's okay, so so let's talk about the reason why I have a 50s style cruiser bike with a wooden crate and that's going to be the first delivery mechanism. Um well, it comes from a, it comes from a chat with Georgie basically okay, so this thing's in the app store. Now I need to start testing it, right, in one restaurant. I'm one, I want to do delivery from one Starbucks uh, to just very locally around that one Starbucks. And so my, I was thinking that the best Starbucks would be a drive-through that's kind of in, in the middle of Pasadena, Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought the reason why that would be good would because the person could just be in the, in the car and then they could kind of drive up to the foothills and drop drop it off there wouldn't be a parking issue and there's no parking issues with drive through um i thought that would be the best one but georgie i was having a discussion with georgie and she's like you yeah, know that's kind of seems a little bit you know impersonal um how did well actually what she was what she said was how did uber start mm-hmm. and i remember you told me the story of how uber started yeah it's basically travis just he just created the app, uh, told his friends about it, you know, just, what
1: was, it just Travis? It was Travis and Garrett, Travis was and it?
0: Garrett. Right. And they just, they told their friends and that was really the user base that started. So Georgie said to me, okay, well, do you have any friends?
1: <laughs> Not so many you don't leave the house. <laughs>
0: That's right. I'm, I spent so much time in the house. Um, but I, something tells me that with this business, I must, might start getting more outside friends, more but friends. I, yeah. but you know what the thought occurred to me i kind of do have friends just across just across the freeway no but i actually have real world friends across the freeway where i worked inside uber media idea lab Mm -hmm. so in idea lab which is just in old town pasadena there's you know like 40 50 people there working in there and it made me realize that would be kind of cool like i could just go to those idea lab and like hand out cards and just say Okay, we'll bring you your Starbucks. But the problem with the Starbucks that's in the middle of Old Town is like forget parking, like there's no hope of parking there. It's just it's just right there on it's right there in the kind of main Mm -hmm. thoroughfare. And the other thing is, is even to get to Idea Lab, if you were just walking, because I was thinking, okay, so maybe they could deliver on foot. But the problem with that is it's gonna take you five minutes. You know, five to seven minutes to walk from Starbucks to Idea Labs' front door, and plus also. You well, you know, there's
1: a, you know there's a Starbucks right across this, uh, right on the same block as Idealab, right?
0: Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about
1: even that Starbucks like walking around you I mean it's 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 longer than
0: five it's, minutes it's it's at least five minutes yeah it's longer what? Than, it's longer than you think you used to
1: say that walking from your house to old town took five minutes it's definitely gotta, five minutes
0: because you <laughs> walk down the road you go up past father nature you walk down union it's actually longer than you think I know because I've done it um I I haven't timed it but I know that it is longer than you think and it would be a kind of a pain because then you've got to come backwards and also you know come back to the Starbucks and how many deliveries could you do you kind of want them to do as many as possible So that made me think of a bike. So then I was like researching various different options and I put, I kind of bought like four different types of bike baskets and I just looked for the cheapest bike I could find on Amazon that happened to be a 50s style cruiser. Mm -hmm. So they're they're like these kind of funky looking bikes that you get on the beach. And it's the, the only one I could find that was the same color as as the logo.
1: <laughs> right, right, right.
0: <laughs> and so, yeah, just, just playing around, looking at different baskets. I tried a basket on the front, but the problem is, is you move the handlebars, so the coffee's going to spin everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I got, actually got this really big basket, nice basket, but two problems with it. One is it weighs down the handlebars, so anytime you put the bike on the stand, the whole bike goes right. and falls over. Um, so it was actually my neighbor who suggested, why don't you just put a crate on the back? That would look kind of organic and funky. They tried it out, and it does. It looks great.
1: Yeah, that's so, the great fifty style. Yeah, a, and
0: I and I remember I've, I remember telling you before I was thinking that would be the kind of branding vibe anyway. But,
1: well, I think that's less important than uh, logistically what's going to work. Best. No, no, I I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, but, it's a nice. I guess it's a nice thing, but but you I really... not, but I mean, you
0: also do projects because they're interesting to you. Like one of the part, one of the things that is interesting to me is the brand. You know, like the whole vibe of it. Mm -hmm. And I I like the concept. I've always liked the concept of like going back to the fifties where you get a, we have a milkman who'll deliver your milk. Right. You know, like that kind of vibe light is just very kind of local concept. Um, and so the, you know, the bike matches it. So I've, I've got some, got some cards printed out that basically, well, they're coming that just say, we deliver Starbucks to your desk, Mm -hmm. um, you know, download us from the app store. So, uh, that's it, you know, ready to, ready to start
1: really. So what are you doing soon. now? What are you waiting on now?
0: Waiting on the cards to come. Um, I've put uh, I, that fix. I pushed through to the app store. So that's now on the app store. So if you enter in the wrong phone number, it'll, it'll change it. I guess, um, I need to switch over to live stripe. Okay. Cause right now it's like the, it's just, we
1: well, got to find a delivery guy. Oh yeah. Delivery girl. There is whatever. that other point. I mean, I gotta that's find the key dimension. thing. Have you, have you even started looking into it? <laughs> no, I haven't. Why I haven't? not? oh I don't you're know. avoiding the part you're least comfortable with that's why <laughs> no
0: yeah it's just, it's just not ready yet it's i didn't have all the ducks in a row
1: yeah but you need to but you you need to do i think is start get on craigslist or whatever and start talking to people because you're not going to hire someone in like two days probably you know it may take a couple of weeks to find somebody
0: i'm 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 not expecting to like start this in two days
1: but I mean, why not? Why not go ahead and put some uh, ads out there and try and start lining up some good candidates? Yeah. You well, know, I mean, that's that's because that's because that's like the big unknown right now. Is like we know you can write software and put up in the app store. We know you can write a backend to power it. You know, the, the couple of unknowns are who who are the delivery people, how are they going to deliver it, and then of course the marketing. Like, can will people start using it? Like, those are the things that are the big unknowns. Yeah. that are just still left. <laughs> There's still a big question mark. I mean, you just haven't. <laughs> well, be-
0: I like your, you also said uh, something funny, which is like, you you should be prepared that whoever you hire, they could just like walk off with the bike and just, you never see them again. <laughs> that's a good point.
1: Well, you know, yeah, it's like, you know, okay, when I started my soccer team years ago and I'd have guys come out and play for a game or two. And when, the first, initially I had people just keep the uniforms sometimes and they come out and play a game or two. I never hear from them again. I'd call them, email them, hey, can you bring your uniform back? Nothing. Just never showed up. $80, 90 uniform, gone. And, yeah. it, ha- and it happened more than a few times. People who you talk to a person and they seem really normal and cool and they just, they didn't want to deal with it and they just never bothered to call it back or whatever. And I'm not saying that, it's not, it's, it's like, I don't know, you know, I mean, that may not happen.
0: But- well, the one th- one thing I want to say is before, before they even get started, I'm going to need their social security number and their bank account details. Because... Of, because that's the way stripe puts money in their account
1: mm-hmm.
0: so i would have thought with that level of information and i'm guess i'm guessing their address because it's all going to need to match up otherwise they're not going to pass the stripe check
1: mm-hmm. well that's so, good that's good yeah. i mean that that's good but um i don't know i mean i was just thinking like you know you don't want to one thing i was suggesting is not to get a really expensive bike because yeah it could get stolen Maybe they're, maybe yeah. they're in a hurry. No, they're it's like, true. They're they go even, to a building. They're they like, ah, I'm not going to lock it up. They go into the delivery. The, the delivery takes five minutes instead of one. They walk out. The bike's gone. And all of a sudden, you get a sheepish call. And they're like, hey, Justin, uh, someone stole the bike. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I do not be shocked if that happens. Or, yeah. you know, if you get on my... And that's what I'm saying. Don't get a complicated bike that has a lot of gears and, and everything. Because what's going to happen is the chain's going to come off. Something's going to screw up with the bike. And they're going to be in middle now, where they're like, "Oh, I can't make delivery." The bike, no, it's it's the
0: cheapest bike uh, uh, I could find, and it just has. um, Let me just put the camera on myself. It just has a back pedal brake. It has no brakes other than you pedal backwards. Mm -hmm. You can coast, and it's just like absolutely simple. Nice. Yeah,
1: it's going to be interesting, Pasadena. I mean, Pasadena is just. It's. It's just small enough that, you know, that if you limit the dispatch radius within a certain range that you could use a bike. Yeah. Um, but it's just big enough that it might is be a little hard to bike. <laughs> you know, it depends on where, you're, where they're getting the deliveries from. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not downtown Chicago or downtown San Francisco, well, but it's not Houston. I mean, it's just sort of like. I mean,
0: I'm just I'm just doing the dispatch radius to half a mile. Okay. You know, just super small, so that he, they really can get there on a bike
1: without. Okay. An issue. Well, that's that's probably the smart thing. And what you could do is you could set different dispatch radios, and they just go from different Starbucks or different things, right? So, like, right. if you're in dispatch radio, there's a Pete's Coffee, a coffee bean, and a Starbucks. Yeah. And any of those within that dispatch radio, and you have different delivery people that are based on different, you know. Yeah.
0: Exactly. I was thinking that, but it's it's kind of funny. Like everyone in the world who opens up the app will it will say we're not available in your area right now, except for people in a half a mile radius of that Starbucks on all time. Well,
1: Club. what you, what, what you should, what you should, um, what you might want to say is if for nearby areas of the certain areas, say we're going to be opening up very soon or whatever, just give us your, well, i got, i got a little button that says, you know, do you want like click this
0: button if you want us to bring light here? And already one, uh, lady from Minnesota clicked it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well there's gonna be a little ways for her it? I time. It's gonna be She's a little overweight.
0: <laughs> I was thinking of sending an email. Thanks so much. We'll be there in three
1: years. Peace. <laughs> <No. Jeez. laughs> Alright, well that's good. Any uh anything else about it that you want to talk about? Um Well No. No, I mean I
0: the the ti- I mean just the titanium stuff. Um Oh yeah like
1: just that it's good, you know. You like it. So yeah, I, I do like it. Do so you think titanium ended up being the right choice for you?
0: I think I think yeah. So there was some discussion on on the on the forum. Um, yeah,
1: Glenn Glenn Bennett is is not a, is not a, a titanium fan. He says he feels like it's not as um, much productivity booster is was it what the other ones it was well
0: JavaScript um, and HTML. So he's, corona, he's saying
1: Corona it, and PhoneGap. He likes those better. Yeah, but it basically
0: ones where you where you build the main app in JavaScript and HTML. And you know the issue that the issue that I have with that is that it it it's hard to spit and polish it to feel super native, you know. That's like it took me a long time just to build even really small apps that were just like you know that that tip calculator app that I did. Yeah. There was a lot of effort to get that to feel
1: native, um, and, and it I still want it to feel and It native. still doesn't completely. It still has. It like, doesn't. Like you looked at it and you
0: were like, it, "Wait a second, that it, it, yeah." No, yeah. It's not,
1: I mean, you can. It's like at a first glance, it'll look. You know, native, but then after you use it for a few minutes, you're like, or even 30 seconds, you're like, oh, this isn't native or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, not that it being native, not native is the worst thing in the world, but Mm-mm. you know, it's like the thing, it's the spit and polish. It adds up all the little nice touches. I mean, here's the thing if you know how to create JavaScript, single page web apps really well, and you don't know how to use these, these other frameworks like Titanium or build native apps, and you want to get something up quick and easy, yeah, you know, a rough first version, of version one. Then you know, I think those are good, um, and it's like I, I feel like Titanium is the next step. Like Titanium will look and feel like a native app. It will take it probably, maybe it will take a little longer to develop than if you build it straight JavaScript and HTML because it's you kind of have to work with some of the limitations within Titanium. But then that is still way, way. Uh, well, it's slower than than maybe doing PhoneGap. I mean, I don't know. You tell me. But it's still way faster than building a native app. Yeah, I but mean, so that's a native app for Android and a native app for iPhone, which is two separate development efforts.
0: Yes, basically, building a native app is the, is the most effort. But one other thing that you, you just reminded me of there, the main reason why I don't want to do it in JavaScript HTML. I started building something. I wanted to build. I want to build this app. Remember, called Meal Reel? Yep. So basically, I wanted to like take a take a picture of every meal you every meal you ate. So you, so rather than having to like log down the food, you could just look at it. So I started building that, and I did build out the app in HTML JavaScript, and the photos get saved to the drive. You know, just like like not even super high resolution photos, just regular photos. And once it kind of gets to like thirty photos, and you're rendering rendering them, because you know how like when you go into the iPhone library uh, photo library it's really nice you can it shows thousands of photos you can mm-hmm. scroll it it moves really smoothly once you go over like 30 photos on html in ios it just like does this weird flashy thing it just looks it looks like flicker and flash. flickers and flashes and it doesn't do it nicely and i built the exact same thing in titanium and it was like perfect you know just loads them in perfectly you can put little loaders in you know and i and I really did try with the HTML stuff, and you know me, like I I try everything. I throw shit against the wall to try it in every different way. What happens if I load the first ten photos? What happens if I do this? What happens if I do that? And whatever I did, it still was just janky, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just just things like that, you know. That was why.
1: Yeah. The um. Well, Titanium apparently is not free anymore. Yeah. So it's thirty nine dollars a month. It's thirty nine dollars a month, but. It's thirty-nine dollars a month, basically, to publish
0: your app to the App Store. Now, the interesting question that Sandy asked is, what happens if you stop paying the thirty-nine? Does your app stop working? I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that question. But you can publish as many apps as you want with the thirty-nine bucks.
1: Probably not. I mean, because well, I mean, there's no way for the thing. To, I, 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 my guess is that oh, it, well, it's all hooked
0: in. I mean, basically, the titanium, like every, it, it goes in through their stat system, their analytics system, just by default. So they could definitely shut down the app if they wanted. Yeah.
1: I'd be surprised at that. My guess is that you can't, you probably can't publish it. You know, so it'd be like, they want to make it painful enough so that you're not, it's not like you're going to publish for a month and take it off. So if, if you have an app that you care about and that you got to maintain and update, you're just going to keep the $39 a month going. That's probably it. I mean, it'd be kind of malicious if they were like, you know, you have an app and you have not Updated it in six months, or you—it's you been on that app store, for, app store for six months, and you let your uh your titanium yeah. subscription lapse, and they just shuts down. That would be kind of that would be really, uh, but it kind it's of possible. Like you said, it's possible. I, I doubt that's what they're doing.
0: um But at least you can do as many apps as you want.
1: Well, and the reality is, you know, the, all your entire development time up to putting an App Store. I mean, you could do ad hoc, um you know, to, deploy to builds, right? So you can build it and then just send it to you up to hundred people mm-hmm. and they can install it on there using through iTunes. Right. Yeah. So if you're just experimenting, prototyping, testing something out, it's not to, you really want to get something live that you would need to. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, that's- I think that,
0: I mean, honestly, I think 39 a month is a fair price for, for, for software that saves you that much time.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that's, it's not bad. I mean, it's actually, it's actually quite
0: cleverly priced because if you think about it, like it's, Thirty-nine bucks. You know, having done pricing tables and all the pricing comparisons, it's just—it's a price where you anyone could stomach it. You know, like if you went to forty-nine, kind of seems like you know thirty-nine is a no-brainer, but it's more than the twenty-nine. It's just—it's just exactly the right price point where you're like, okay,
1: now right. <laughs>
0: no matter who you are, and I—I and I, I bet you that they make a lot more cash than their enterprise model. You know, before they were just kind of trying to charge fifteen grand to enterprise.
1: Yeah, they probably kind of, got a little old. They yeah. probably weren't making as much money as they they thought yeah. that they wanted to. Did um do you, do you have an, uh, an Android version out in the Google Play? No, no, I, I I'm just going to do the iOS first. Just get well, that. so what happened? Did you just discard the whole? I mean, what what happened? No, you're no, doing a- Android you're, is
0: great. I mean, I like Android. It, everything works on Android except for I spent like I told you on the last show. I spent a lot of time making the Android stuff work. It's just there's finicky stuff about like installing the right map library and things like that that's that need to be done it's all the same uh api mm-hmm. so when you when you use the tight ty- when you use the android map module it's the same api right so it should it should all just work
1: so how, just, long, how long how how many days of effort is it going to take do you think to get an android version? i think i think it could take like up about a week
0: okay so yeah just... so i'm uh, so i'm gonna get back to it once i've kind of proven it once you get everything yeah. else done yeah. okay fair yeah. enough anyway so that's kind of where that's at that's the, the light update. The light update. So how
1: far out of the show are we? Um, one hour, ten. Okay. So I, um, I read this great article uh, in a day called uh, What are some lessons learned through playing StarCraft that are useful in real life? <laughs> it was on Cora. Yeah. And it was there was a lot of great uh analogies this guy made I, I i always sort of i mean i love when people can pull analogies make really good analogies because i think that's that's the, the the almost the best way to explain things you know yeah um, i think human brain is sort of optimized to think well this is lo- just like this you know well and they can leverage all of the understanding and familiarity with this other thing
0: my friend ollie always says it's the most powerful thing in the world
1: analogy yeah because,
0: yeah. yeah, teaching boy analogy, yeah.
1: Well, I, Einstein would disagree. He would say compound interest is <laughs> the most powerful force in the universe. <laughs> 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 so um, the first thing he said is there's no substitute for taking a lot of actions. I'll read the beginning of He says, every good pro StarCraft player has really high APM. And I think that stands for actions per minute. Hmm. Um even players who are famous for being pro despite having low apm are way faster than most people um he lists this one guy he says pro this guy probably the most well known and successful low apm players in starcraft 2 has an apm of 130 132 actions a minute actions per minute that's just that's the same as lux surface area yeah yeah well no lux service area specifically doing and a telling Right, it's not just a pure probability. But you are cre- you are creating surface area of like doing stuff. Yeah, but it's not it's not quite this. Okay, thing. all right. I mean, it's not a good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> Bad analogy. <laughs> not the same thing. Yes, it's the more you do. So what he so basically he says, you know. um,
0: I guess the more you do, the more you can fail, and the more you can succeed.
1: Yeah, he says. No matter how smart you are, your effectiveness is going to be limited if you aren't talking to lots of people, sending lots of emails and just doing lots of stuff every day. Don't underestimate how much value there is in doing whatever you are doing faster so you can move on to do more things. That's that's your take on it. That's what he said. Okay. You know, so that was that that little like, explanation at the end sort of talked about it's like the doing and telling, but he's just saying you do lots of stuff. Right? Um, you know, be faster. Mm-hmm. Which I thought that was a kind of uh, interesting. He says Next one is macro is usually more important than micro, but at critical moments, micromanagement can mean the difference between massive success and disastrous failure. So um, he just talks about the strategy of like, you know, how a really good macro strategy can make a big difference. But sometimes you have to um, drill in and take control of the micro level to make things work. And one thing Ample uses, I think, was like, say, a film where, you know, getting the right director and getting the right stars and getting you know the right genre from all that stuff in place is really important it's going to drive i have a lot to do with driving the success of the film but if there's a problem with the script getting in and really fixing that script problem yeah. can make it can be the difference maker because mm-hmm.
0: um, that's what that's what people remember
1: yeah well you know i mean you know, i mean if there's a problem in the story yeah nothing over very few things can overcome story problems mm-hmm you know, it's like explosions, pretty women, cool spaceships, crazy <laughs> oh, that stuff's awesome. You know, that stuff makes that stuff kind of makes the can make movies more fun to watch. But if it's a bad story or if there's a character, he's just doing things that's not aren't believable based on what the character's supposed to be. It just kind of ruins it, right? Yeah. It Doesn't care. It doesn't matter how good this other stuff is. Um, uh, this, this is because like, there's usually more than one way to accomplish something. So he goes on and talks a lot about different ways of of doing it in StarCraft. He says, says, here's a great analogy. He says, if you want to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback, you can either go to a big name program like Tom Brady at Michigan, maybe not get much playing time, but be surrounded by top-notch coaches and teammates and competition so you're well prepared for the NFL, or you can go to a smaller school like Ben Roethlisberger at Miami of Ohio and be the man for four years, get to throw a ton of passes, and generally get a ton of good practice and attention. And most things, there are a lot of wrong ways to approach a problem, but still, usually more than one way that will work. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. I mean, we talk about this too. You know, they, we, have, we we people sort of pattern match, and they just think there's one way of doing things, and this is how these other people do it. So everybody thinks about it. There there are a lot of ways to succeed. Yeah. There's a lot more ways to fail, <laughs> mm-hmm. but there is usually more than one way to do it, and mm-hmm. it really depends, and what the best way is for you. It kind of depends on your personality and your resources and your constraints and everything. Um, he says when the timing is critical, he doesn't really give a good example of that, but um, uh, it's a, it's a, execution is first order, more important than strategy, but there's also a ceiling on how well something can be executed and then strategy matters. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks a lot about uh, Apple and Microsoft Facebook, but he says... Um, In the case of MySpace versus Facebook, it probably made more sense actually to start by letting anyone sign up and not restricting the site to college students. But since Facebook executed much better, it was able to close the gap in users and pass MySpace pretty easily. Hmm. Um, This, I I like this one a a lot. It says, long-term success is usually achieved by getting a small advantage and then using that to get some other kind of advantage. And I think... I think that's sort of uh, so you think that's the essence of bootstrapping, okay When people the the term bootstrapping has is just sort of it has sort of um changed to mean just sort of like you're paying for it yourself,' mm-hmm. it yourself, but I don't that's not really where the term means is is as much. I mean, I don't know, at least that's the way I like to think about it. I think bootstrapping is. You, you do things to get you to one level, to get some kind of a working, some time advantage. And once you're at that step, then you can go to the next level. You can mm-hmm. leverage the wins that you have to go to the next step. But you do it by bootstrap. Like go step A, and go to step A to step B, B to step C. But you can't skip. You, you, you have to just kind of go through. You use these little adva- advantages. And, you know, I think you, you pick almost any, you know, startup or, you know, I mean... We talk about startups, but you know this works outside of startups as well. But you look at things that have worked, and it's usually they had some early successes, and that's why it's and they use that their gains from the success to reinvest one way or another, whether it's financially or it's a financial success, or whether it's uh, brand success or whatever the hell it is, technology success, mm. um, knowledge, just understanding, like they've learning. They're, they you know by by doing things, you've you've learned some things that then you can use to have a little advantage, mm. right? That's why it's important to do stuff as opposed to just sitting on the sidelines thinking about it because, you know, standing on the sidelines thinking about it, you just start going in circles you don't really learn much. If you think about something for 10 minutes and you look of another hour, it's like these yeah, diminishing returns. You keep thinking about it, but you're not going to learn it. But then you actually go and do the thing, you learn, and then you can take that and have a little advantage, right? So that's the whole thing. I mean, you know, Paul Graham talks a lot about that with Y Combinator, you know, it's like, you know, it's a race to get that first version to the customer because everything before then is just kind of bullshit. Right. You don't, you know, all this talk and blah, blah, blah. And we're gonna do this. And we're learning You don't know anything until people start using it and paying for it and everything like that. So anyway, um, yeah, what he has is great. Yeah. So this is, um, this is my favorite. This is a great line. His last line on this section, he says, when you, when you're ahead, get more ahead as opposed to just trying to kill your opponent. I I like that. When you're ahead, get more ahead. So, you know, it's, oh, you know, this this reminds me. As opposed to trying to kill your opponent. I get it. Well, I mean, so a lot of times, you know, humans, I think, because we're evolutionarily evolved to conserve resources, as soon as we're winning and feel comfortable, we kind of go to sleep. We chill out because why expend resources, energy, time, whatever, doing something when you're already ahead or winning, right? You feel like, ah, I don't need that. That, that is uneconomical, right? Um, and and, that, and, that, and we see that happens over and over and over again in companies. Why the bigger companies get overthrown by smaller companies is because at some point you, the people running it just feel get too comfortable, Mm. You know, and it manifests in all kinds of different ways. But in the end, you know, some of it has to do with bureaucratic complexity and some of it has to do with dis- misaligned incentives because now management has different incentives from investors or from you know, or your early people who really drove the vision, exit the company. And there's all kinds of reasons why. But there's also this big over overarching sense of um, arrogance and entitlement and just comfort. Like I'm in charge. I'm I'm winning. So it's like, but instead of just resting your laurels, like don't just be a mile ahead, get ten miles ahead, get way ahead. You know, a little bit ahead isn't enough. You know, I um. I have this conversation with uh, Colby periodically about sports, and there's this unfortunate reality in some of these some of these sports where, um, you know, they're surprisingly competitive. Not just competitive in the kids, but it's just this competition for which kids are on playing, which prime starting and which position and all that kind of stuff. I see it in football and baseball. And it's very, it gets very political. It's not like, Oh, once, once kids start, go to high school level, then it gets very competitive. It's like, no, it starts at like nine and 10. I mean, so, so extrapolating that to business, what kind of oh, yeah. companies would you say got way ahead? Well, no, no, oh, a little let, me, bit let, me, let me, let me finish this analogy. Yeah, Okay. Yeah. So you have this, you have this competitive situation where, you know, the rich get richer, right? The kid that's the better, you know, oh, his kid, his, his dad worked with him on pitching or on quarterbacking. So now that's the quarterback and guess what, well, who's starting every practice of a game. The other kids can't catch up, right? Yeah. It's just the rich get richer, right? And it's sort of frustrating because you're like, you know what, all these kids are really young. These kids are 10, 10, 11, 12. They shouldn't they all be given a chance to develop. And why are we just, why does one kid just get the own, that position is that Malcolm Gladwell, you know, talks about outliers that kids get this early advantage and they just leverage it and he gets leveraged because you know, and they, he, he talks about a lot in terms of age, kids who have like a, a birthday that's lined correctly. They're on the older age for their other grade, So they're on average six months older than the yeah. average kid rather, rather as supposed to younger. So they'll
0: be better in that a little, position,
1: a little faster, a little taller, yeah. a little stronger, a little more mature, a little more time to the spent developing skills and they're, they are leveraging that advantage. And one thing I keep telling Colby is that, you know, unfortunately when he's in baseball or when he's in football, he's competing against coaches' sons who are, who are going to get first dibs mm. every time. And it is really irritating as a parent to watch this. And you see – kids out there and they're and usually the coach's sons you know you can play the coach's daughters too if you're playing girl sports but the coach's kids are usually among the better players Mm. because they have had the extra practice because if the if the who's ever coaching the sport they probably played at a high level whether it was high school potentially college maybe played minor league or something they love it they wouldn't be coaching if they didn't love it so they Probably work more with their kid, got their kid into it early. They probably spend more time thinking about it and practicing it. So the kid is usually one of the stronger players, if mm. not the strongest in the team. That's pretty consistent. Um, and Colby doesn't have that advantage in baseball and football. I'm a soccer and basketball player, you know? So I, we can, Sandy works for this on baseball, but we, we, we. So how do you t- tell him to get over it? Yeah. So one thing I tell him, I'd like, you know, because he had to come up, play catch up because he started these sports later and he's put a lot of time in. But now he is one of the better players in, in the league and made the All-Stars and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, unfortunately, you can't be just a little bit better. Because if you're just a little bit better than the coach's son to the coach, you're not better than his son. Right. Yeah. You have to be twice as good. You got to be three times. You have to be so good that it would actually be excruciatingly embarrassing to start his son over you in that position. Yeah. It's not fair. But that's the reality. Mm -hmm. And And does Colby do that? He does. He's working really hard. But we've had to fight through it. We're still fighting through it. And it's really irritating. You know, because it's not fair. And when things aren't fair, it's just it's upsetting. And especially when things aren't unfair for your kid, it's really upsetting. But I keep telling him, like, all right, you know what? I'm as irritated as you are. But what we're going to do is we're going to outwork everybody else.
0: So he he does get irritated, like, that he doesn't... (laughs)
1: Well, you know, nothing Nothing is, so okay, if you're not one of the better players, either you're not as good of an athlete or you're not as skilled and you're not starting or the other kid's the pitcher, or the shortstop or the quarterback, it's hard to get too upset if they're just obviously better than you. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, you know, I wish I was better. I wish I'd give up. But when you work your ass off and you are as good, if not better, and you're not getting that position, that lack of unfairness is re- really stings. Really stings. And we just, we ran into that recently and it was just, it was a bad situation. And I'm just like, all right, so what we're going to do is we're going to turn this around and you're going to use that frustration and anger to, you're going to come back next year and you're not just going to be a little bit better. You caught up to be one of the best players and be just a little better. Now you're going to be twice as good. Mm -hmm. And you got to, you have to use that frustration to drive you. Is that going to be in hitting? Like in batting? Batting, everything.
0: Batting, first base.
1: Yeah, I mean it's everything. Yeah, batting, batting of course is the huge thing. You get hit home run. You know that's a big deal, right? Um, but you know, but it's like things like he. You know, the whole thing about getting ahead and getting further ahead. You know, sometimes a little bit ahead doesn't make a difference. I see. Yeah, not nice, a little bit nice, of a head nice. doesn't make a difference. It depends on the context. You got to get yeah. way ahead. I used to say this to my soccer team. So I used to run a men's semi-pro team for years. I used to coach and play for. Them. And you know, occasionally, like you know, we. A game where we lose or tie a game because it's you know we got a red card or they call this penalty kick and guys would bitch and I'm like I'm like guys we didn't play well we should have been what we we need to be so much better than these other teams that it doesn't matter if we get a red card and they get a penalty kick we're still gonna beat them Mm -hmm. it's our fault that we weren't enough better than them that that uh, uh, a one or two bad or unfair calls of the referee made up the difference you know I mean if 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 we played the national team it doesn't really matter how many red cards or how unfair... The national team's still going to beat us, <laughs> right? Is <laughs> it that, that much better They could start with, like, you yeah. know, seven guys kind yeah, of Yeah, I mean, whatever. You know, so it's like, you know, take control. Don't just sit on the sidelines and, and complain and bitch about unfairness. Yeah, they're going to be unfair, and unfortunately, life is unfair. And it's unfortunately for Colby and other kids that they have to learn it at age 10. I mean, usually kids, I think, in the past, tend to learn that more later and they're 14, 15, 16. When they get into the high school age, you start learning about... <coughs> what's unfair and what's what's not and you know usually things like playing time gets spread out more heavily. but now things have gotten so competitive it's not that way but anyway so it's just interesting like seeing that in this context it's like okay now you're a little bit ahead now we're going to sprint
0: get really like, far gonna, ahead.
1: now you got if this is what you want because he wants it I'm not like I'm putting this on him and it's like okay Colby it's my dream for you to become a great baseball football player this is what he wants I'm like all right well I'm just explaining to you how you what the reality of the situation yeah. is you know, it's kind of an interesting conversation too, because like, um, you know, I can, I've I think I read I read somewhere, I think I was just an article on the internet about like, um, parents. One parent was writing about how you shouldn't talk about you know the daddy ball, a favoritism syndrome in front of your kid in front of your kids, and it's just sort of this thing if they deal with. But I'm I'm kind of a believer in being honest. Mm-hmm. I'm like it ain't fair. Like get used to it, but use that to your advantage. Don't because unfortunately. I think kids are smarter than that. Like they see it. So mm-hmm. why do we all have to like pretend that we don't see the unfairness? We pretend to any the kids and say, well, it's like, it's not nice to not pretend. We all have to pretend that this isn't happening. Oh, let's just be honest about it, you know, and then let's, you know, do what we can to, to overcome it anyway. Well, it might end up,
0: it might end up being the thing that really rockets Colby ahead.
1: Well, I told, I, I, I've had a conversation with Sandy because, you know, there's been times where she's, you know, we both got pretty upset seeing what was going on. And I was like, you know, I understand right now everybody's really upset about what happened. And, um, the reality is those couple kids that, that benefited from a little bit of favoritism in, in the all-star game in the all-star tournament as like, it's going to end next year. Cause you know, Colby is a better athlete and is going to, not only is he a better athlete, but he's going to work harder and because it's driving him. So this will you know, the whole thing, well, doesn't kill you, make you stronger, that kind of thing. Like this is driving because if he was like, La la la, I'm the best player, da 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 I get playing time, it's like, why <laughs> work hard, right? I'm already further I'm so far exactly. ahead, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm like, you know, and that's what happens a lot of times in sports and it probably happens in other things. I've seen in sports kids who are so naturally gifted that they're just always better even though they don't have to work that hard. Yeah. And at some point they just get taken out. They over. get to the higher enough level where other really gifted athletes they meet up against and those kids have worked harder for whatever reason. And, um, so I'm like, you know, it's that, this will actually, it's creating stress and frustration now, but it's actually that stress and frustration is, is going to turn into rocket fuel for him. So awesome. we'll just have to you know. watch this space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, how, right, how far well, are we through? Let's just, uh, let's
0: wrap it up with the next one.
1: Oh, well, one last thing, one last thing this guy, uh, guy said, which I thought was really good. I want to bring in, he says, um, talent is prerequisite for being top notch at most things but in almost any field no one gets really good at anything without putting in more focused effort and time than other people so the same basically same mm-hmm. thing you have to outwork other people but the thing is too it's 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 um, one thing I think it's this whole 10,000 hour meme has kind of is sort of spread around and people believe that like all it is is hard work but that's just simply not true. Yeah. Anybody who's, anyone who's ever tried to excel in any area has run up against people who, who were just had ridiculous amount of talent and you're just like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, you know, you can over, you can overcome a lot, but there is a ceiling mm-hmm. there. And there are certain people who, who reach the highest levels. They have that combination of talent and the, the work ethic and a little bit of luck. Everything kind of comes together yeah but and i sort of it's a disservice i mean it's it's sort of this undemocratic thing people don't like the idea that like some people are born with more talent but you know we ask any seven-year-old and everybody already knows that's bullshit <laughs> right you know there are kids who are smarter there are kids who are better looking there are kids who are better more athletic they're kids who have better singing voices the kids who are more artistic and they didn't really earn it; just they just are yeah and we all know it you know It's interesting. It just um, another similar topic. I was on. uh, You ever read Cora? I do every now and again when it comes up in Google. Yeah. So, I I I get like a daily email, and it's it's like a really bad distraction because it's you know it's 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 not optimized for things that I find interesting. And at some point, um, I got I I I read a couple stories on IQ, IQ, Mm -hmm. and so I get lots of stories on intelligence. And our uh, questions on intelligence and people's answers to it. And the questions are usually kind of silly, like, you know, how do I increase my IQ? Or am I only have an IQ of this? Can I do other things? Or, you know, all this kind of stuff. And and the answers are usually these sort of, look, don't focus on your IQ. Work hard. You'll be able to make up the difference in hard work. And But the problem is they always – they by trying to be helpful and positive and pragmatic, they also become, dis- they also say, they're also somewhat disingenuous because a lot of times they'll be like, well, IQ doesn't mean anything and there's no correlation between IQ and this and that. And it's like, the question is not like, you know, if you have a high IQ, you're going to be, make more money or if you're high IQ, you're going to uh, be able to live a happier life or whatever, or, but they, they sort of um, conflate yeah. And, 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 you know, these things and they sort of and, and because some of them don't know, they're like, well, IQs have not been proven to mean anything or there's, you know, which is these aren't true. Right. I mean, IQs are pretty consistent measurements of IQ, um, different IQ tif- types of IQ tests. They're not as culturally biased, especially things like Raven's progressive matrices and other things. as People like to say they are. These things are not true. They are stable. They are relatively stable um, within a certain band of error past the age of 18, especially after the age of 21. It is there's a there's a roughly an eighty five percent correlation between your parents' average IQ and your IQ. I mean these things are like any like, so we we do need to wrap up. But the one thing that I want to just ask you very quickly,
0: and this this can be the last thing, is um yeah the NBAC training software. Yeah, We're talking about this, did you try that out?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I haven't um I I played around with it, but I'm running. I'm having trouble using it. Like it's just kind of a little confusing. Like. I was playing around with one morning and trying to figure out how to start using it and creating an account. And then you know, sometimes like a software will let you do something and then you can't go back and start over. And, and then every time you do it, it creates another account. It's yeah. kind of screwed up. So I, I got a little frustrated with it and so I haven't played with it, but I need to come back to it. Okay. But, um, All right. Colby wants to use it. And yeah. so the thing is he's going up to San Francisco the last week of, um, July to do that robo. A robot camp oh, yeah. at MVco Club. Mm. Um so we you're supposed to do twenty days straight. So I'm thinking maybe when he comes back, we'll do it. But um I gotta play around with the software and figure out how to get it to work right. It's kind of I won't say it's 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 not that it's crappy or broken, it's just the UI it's not a great, not a great
0: user experience. The
1: UI is not where the journeys the user journeys
0: it's, haven't been thought through. I
1: mean I'm not a software idiot and I'm having some trouble getting this thing going the right way. So I'm like, I don't know what's going on, you know, but, uh, I'm, I'm interested in it. But, you know, just to finish up the whole IQ thing, you know, it's like, it's like people who are born, it's just, it's just an advantage, right? If you can learn something twice or three times faster than other people, if you can hold more information in your working memory, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a huge advantage to yep. a lot of things. Can you make up for it with hard work? Yeah, and and a lot, and, and up until maybe end back, there wasn't a whole lot you could do about it, right? It's like, you know, there's no point in obsessing about it. You got what you got. Work with It's No, if you're five foot seven and you're like, oh, I wish I was six two. It's like, well, what's the point of having a conversation? You're not six two, and there are people who are five foot seven who are amazing athletes or amazing actor, whatever. It doesn't really matter, but you know. And so, it's the right attitude is to say, um, it doesn't matter, or, or or don't focus on it but it is disingenuous to say that it's not real mm. or it doesn't actually have an impact, which is just sort of a, I just, anyway, I just get, I just get frustrated sometimes when I read people's advice when they're trying to be helpful and then they veer into being actually sort of, um, disingenuous or even. Yeah. politely incorrect, <laughs> mm. but anyway, so I guess that's it. All right. We're done.
0: All right. Well, Georgie, Georgie just walked home, uh, with Jack and, uh, they, well, well, they need their house back they need their house back so yeah exactly while we're recording the show they Jack can't be down here playing so okay that's the reason why we need to uh, end it
1: all right how many people do we have on the stream now
0: uh 51 is that a record? We, uh, oh, that is a record, I think. I'm sure it is. Yeah, like 40 I, something. I think we had 40-something. Now,
1: you, time. the one thing you didn't do is you didn't send the email the day before like you were supposed to. Now, if you had done that, we might actually... We might have more. Or alternatively, it could be because I sent the email out last minute that we've gone higher. I, I think I think you need to do both. I think you need to do the day before and then like 30 minutes before, last, 30 minute reminder, but a 30-minute reminder. Don't you think people... Okay, well, I'll,
0: I'll do it. As long as people don't think it's spammy. Well, we'll see. But anyway, I apologize to... um. You guys for not sending it out the day before that was actually just uh, slipped my mind
1: Hey, um, you're only on 600 calories a day your brain's like not actually really that's a good nourished. point i am
0: definitely not thinking as as clearly and i'm definitely a lot weaker like i notice when i pick stuff up like it's just you don't have the energy yeah it's just yeah the energy yeah so those that is two very good points
1: yeah well and i have a built-in excuse for anything so anytime georgie says justin why don't you do actually like sweetheart i only had 600 calories today like what <laughs> that's that's about as good as it's going to (laughs) get
0: that's a good good actor
1: alright alright that's a wrap we're out